Welcome back to the Magnolia Media Podcast, part of the Magnolia Media Network. I'm your host, Jonathan M. Ruggiero, here with... Logan Ramsey. My co-host for the day and our editor. We begin today's episode with a very simple question. Why? Why hasn't a special counsel already been appointed to look into, let's say, James Comer, Jim Jordan, Chuck Grassley, the senator from Iowa, and the usual suspects like Marge Trader Green, Tim, my daddy, Burchett, and the rest of the MAGA caucus, when it's clear they're taking direction and money from foreign governments, specifically Russia. When the White House press secretary or a TV journalist say Ukraine funding is being held up by the House of Representatives, they are failing everyone who listens to them for news. It's not Congress's failure. It's a Republican failure. Republicans who are working not for their constituents or the nation, but for Russia. Russian ties to the plants within our government and the Russian asset that is Dementia J. Trump are working to empower Russia. We'll all remember Donald Trump saying that those European NATO members who were behind on their dues, hadn't paid enough money to the NATO alliance, would, uh, well, Russia could do whatever the hell they wanted to to them. In fact, he said those exact words, they can do whatever the hell they want, and the United States won't respond. Well, perhaps that'll build a stronger and stronger Europe as they begin to pour money into defense, as they can no longer rely on the most important ally in NATO, the architect of NATO, that is these United States of America. It's clear that the James Comers of the world will risk national security, work for Russia and China, and all of this to obey Trump and find a reason, one that doesn't exist, to impeach Biden. Remember, Impeachment is only applicable when a high crime or misdemeanor has been committed. Like, you know, trying to blackmail an ally in a phone call with President Zelensky of Ukraine in circa 2019 when you were holding up all of that aid money like Donald Trump. Or the second time when he attempted to overthrow the government and has continued his effort to overthrow the U.S. government. It's outrageous and despicable. Again, he should just have a black bag put over his head and sent off to a shipping container somewhere. We don't have to deal with this shit anymore. But unfortunately, that's not how democracy works. It's a slower, it's a little more painful, but it's something we have to face head on and make damn sure we defeat it in November. As they search for their non-existent reason to impeach Biden, they passed no laws, no support for, you know, uh, the border, which they seem to be so concerned with. They have no proposals for Ukraine, for Israel. They are the party of American fascism and prefer chaos. Before we even start with Smirnoff, let us not forget last summer's 
quote, missing witness, who was actually a Chinese spy. Fast forward a few months later, and a 1023 oh my God. form appears, a form literally anyone can fill out. It appears and reports, Joe and Hunter Biden received $5 million each from Russia or China or someone. However, he admitted he lied and was arrested by DOJ just days before he was set to testify to Comer's committee. Why was he arrested? Oh, you know, for admitting he lied to the FBI. That 1023 form was, was worthless as toilet paper. Well, actually, toilet paper has, a, yeah, has more use than, than James Comer or his sorry-ass committee. Then he lied to the FBI and works for Russian intelligence. We are under attack on all sides. A war has already broken out, and only about 5% of the United States seems to really comprehend that war. By China, Iran, Russia, and, most frighteningly, from within. Think, darling, think. There must be something really rotten we can do today. I'm thinking. Note, impotent AG Merrick Garland must go. He waited far too long to appoint Jack Smith, and the DOJ should have already taken Trump to a lawyerless black site. Honestly, I believe most Republicans would be relieved. However, the... Comer, Jordan, Grassley, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lee Stefanics, and, and all belong in an American prison. We could start with, you know, finding out for how long Chairman Comer has known about Alexander Smirnov being a Russian spy. How long had he known, then chosen to ignore it? Chosen to ignore it. A man who was coming to give testimony to an impeachment inquiry on the president of the United States was actually a Russian spy. How long, Mr. Comer? Huh? You want to let us in? A month? Two months? And don't tell us you, it was actually a surprise to you because nobody buys that. You knew you were rolling out a Russian spy to give fake testimony to the House of Representatives in an effort to impeach an unimpeachable president of the United States who's done nothing but move this country in the right way, pass one major piece of legislation after another, attempt to cut billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of student aid, a man who has attempted to make the child income tax credit that came monthly during the pandemic permanent for every American family, a man who has stewarded this country through what could have been one of the greatest economic recessions in history, and instead we have a booming stock market, a booming labor market, career unemployment numbers, record low for 50 years. We haven't seen a, a streak this long of unemployment below 4% for 50 years, and there are still plenty of jobs. 
We talk about it often, how wage growth is now well outpacing inflation. Those economic indicators will catch up to people eventually. But Merrick Garland, unless there's a whole bunch of information somewhere that's already been cultivated, has no business being attorney general. He's far too slow. He comes off as feckless. He comes off as weak and muttering. And to be completely honest, I have lost all faith in Merrick Garland. The fact he will not be more aggressive, will not push harder, and when necessary, ignore this Supreme Religious Court, also known as the Supreme Court, full of activists who were put there by a president who was put in office by Russia. It was Russia and a targeted campaign through Cambridge Analytica with the help of Facebook, now known as Meta, and the little shit that is Mark Zuckerberg, to help them, you know, find a few votes just around the margin so that he can eke out a victory in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Michigan and become president, which led to the death of 1.1 million Americans I hear Republicans say, well, it was a pathogen. It was a deadly virus. It could have happened to anybody. Um, yeah, so could swine flu, the H1N1, bird flu, Ebola. I know I'm missing a few here, Logan. But there were uh, diseases popping up around the world a long time before COVID-19. But it was the Trump administration that, you know, decided to ignore it. Just ignore it. Ignore it. Forget about it. I mean, the Chinese locked down entire cities, didn't let people leave their house. And you don't want to cross the Chinese government, especially if you're a Chinese national living in China. They, uh, they do things in a rather heavy-handed way. So, after the embarrassment of last summer and the missing witness only to find out that Gail Lung was a Chinese asset who was selling arms to oh you know Iran and Libya and helping Iran move their oil which has been banned <clears throat> international sanctions stepped in and sort of cut the knees out from underneath their economy. That was their first witness. And instead, he's off to a prison somewhere. Again, the type of black site where Donald Trump belongs, but won't find himself until at least the D.C. trial happens. The D.C. trial that could get underway as soon as this idiotic Supreme Court gets the hell out of the way. For whatever reason, they decide to just kind of hang in there a little bit longer. Now we go on to witness number two, Jamie Comer, bringing forward the man who's got the proof that Joe Biden took $5 million, and so did Hunter, from the Chinese government or the Russian government or whoever. Well, it all turns out to be a lie. He admitted that that 1023 form, the 1023, the 1023, 
Oh my god, the 1023! Not the 1023! The 1023's happening! It's happening again, there's a 1023! This guy says he knows Jamie Comer. Must have known that he was a Russian spy. And then he reported directly to people inside the Kremlin. A.K.A. directly to Putin. Fuck. You had a Putin asset coming to the floor of the House of the Representatives to lie about the President of the United States. To try to impeach Biden. Mm -hmm. At the invitation of Chairman Jamie Comer. How's that feel, Mr. Comer? And, and to know that after Donald Trump loses in 2024, because we are going to do everything in our power to make damn sure he never gets anywhere near the White House again. And we'll do it with a lot of Republican votes. Keep that in mind, Mr. Comer. Mr. Burchett, my daddy, my daddy Burchett, our congressman who has humiliated the state of Tennessee, along with Marsha Blackburn, whose hair is... I mean, the Medusa of the Senate with that hair teased out to no, to no end. It's a humiliation. It's an embarrassment. We in one of the most gerrymandered states in the U.S. Something needs to be done about it. But because of the Electoral College, there's no focus on a state like Tennessee. I mean, we're a non-voting state. We're in the, the bottom half of voter uh, turnout. Per, among states, which means, you know, if we had real engagement, if we got engagement up to, let's say, 75% in the state of Tennessee, would it even be a red state? Or would our electoral votes, you know, go be, say, more sought after? Because it wouldn't be electoral votes, it would just be votes you know, the way democracy is designed to work. And again, back to Attorney General Merrick Garland. Perhaps he needs to stay in place just to get us through this election cycle so there's not a whole lot of headache, but there's a good chance Democrats lose the Senate. And in that situation, there'll be an acting Attorney General if Merrick Garland's fired because we know this this Republican-led Senate is certainly not going to... <clears throat> you know, uh, allow Biden to fill out his cabinet the way every president in history has been allowed to do. Democrats even got out of the way and allowed Trump to fill his cabinet. A man who should, who should have had impeachment proceedings begin against him the day he took the oath of office. He had already broken the oath as soon as he took it. He was breaking it at that moment. So, fine, if it has to wait till Biden's second term. What can't wait is the investigations that must be launched into these members of the House of Representatives. It has to happen. It has to happen as quickly as possible. And as for Trump, oh, as for Trump, when we really get into the weeds of what Donald Trump has been into, I would not doubt for a moment that eventually he or some of his, oh, I don't know, most aggressive supporters. Trumpaloompas. Yeah, in the House of Representatives, especially those. Elite Trumpaloompas. Yeah, the, the, the Jamie Comers, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, 
One of these days, I truly believe they'll be tried for treason. And I don't, again, I don't mean that in a hyperbolic sense where you're just, you know, uh, springing open and getting angry at a, at a family dinner and calling, oh, you son of a bitch, you're a traitor. No. See, no, that, they that, get what they deserve because that's they hy- have done a lot. That's hyperbole. We, we yeah. mean literally working for the other side. And that's what Marjorie Taylor Greene, Elise Stefanik, House Leadership... James Comer, Jim, uh, you know, really close access to rape, Jordan. That's what they've all done. And I'm absolutely certain that if a committee designed to track campaign donations from foreign governments was ever created, that, you know, the high on that list is going to be Jim Jordan and James Comer. Bit. Three, two, one. So why are we in the position and for how long has China and Russia been meddling in the U.S.? After realizing Russia is almost a failed state who can't compete with us militarily, economically, or technologically, so they decided to go after internal flashpoints to try to pull at the threads that are tearing us apart as a country. Because Republicans don't like the fact demographic change is going to make them, well, dinosaurs. They simply won't exist in any serious number post-2035. They know that. Trump came along, destroyed their plans to try to you know, reach out to a younger generation to try to pull more people into the GOP fold. And well, he destroyed all that. It was the Romney evaluation after the 2012 election where they said we have to soften our position on certain things to pull younger voters into the fray and actually have a chance at winning anything. Then when the 2020 census, which was cooked, came out and said, look, we thought that America would be 61 or 62% white, and instead it's only 58%. Meaning, by the time there's another census, white people will no longer be the majority of the United States of America. They'll just be, we will just be a plurality. And there were white folks like myself, like my co-host and editor, Logan Ramsey, who simply could give two shits as to whether or not the United States is majority or white or plurality white or minority white. In my opinion, love is love and brothers are brothers. Yeah, that's right. We They can't accept that. They realize that their average voter is a 67-year-old white male who goes to church. Now, that doesn't make him a good person. And 20 to 25% of these people are just absolutely hateful. They are hateful in every way you could imagine. Then we move over to a country like China. Why would China be so dead set on, you know, uh, going after the United States? Well, of course, there's a flashpoint that is the nation of Taiwan, an independent nation free from China, whether China likes it or not. Although I do believe that if Ukraine falls to Russia, it will be followed swiftly by China's invasion of Taiwan. The largest manufacturer of 
semiconductors and microchips for the United States military in the world. That's why President Biden passed the CHIPS Act to bring all of that technology back to the United States of America. And they're already building the plants where those microchips and semiconductors will be produced. Thank you, President Biden. We appreciate that. And of course, Republicans, especially those in the House, voted against it almost unanimously. It's time to hit back. We need Democratic leadership in the Senate to start having their own hearings, start sending out subpoenas, flying in every direction to get these House idiots in front of them to answer to the real adults. Democrats in the Senate are the only real adults, it appears, left in the United States government. And we're going to have to, have to push back as hard as we can. And we don't have to make asses out of ourselves the way Republicans have. Uh, we're not going to be rushing any Russian, <laughs> rushing any Russian <laughs> operatives to the floor of the United States Senate where they can get a good look at everything before going away to prison for the rest of their lives. But, you know, Alexander Smirnov probably made the decision he made because, you know, he can go, he's going to go to prison in either Russia or the United States. Why not go in the United States? Because at least they won't poison me to death with Novelchuk the way they did Alexei Navalny. Oh, you know, only a couple of days after Donald Trump said he'd let Russia do whatever the hell they wanted to. So they decided to take him up on that and kill their opposition leader who had been wrongfully imprisoned in a Siberian prison and was serving out the rest of a 19-year sentence imposed on him in 2021 when he voluntarily returned to Russia. That's bravery. And for Donald Trump to compare himself to Alexei Navalny, well, that's as grotesque and disgusting as continuing to defame your rape victim. So let's get this straight, Republicans. The guy's been married three times. He's had children with at least two different women. He's paid $130,000 and $140,000, respectively, to porn stars in one case and then to Karen McDougal, a former Playboy model, in another case, which had to be covered up. He has been found civilly liable uh, for rape. Rape. Don't not, not to mention, he also, on radio and in the public, said that he would, if he could, he would fuck his daughter. I mean, I you know, I, like, getting, getting into the, the, his comments on his daughter are, um, well, disturbing. But you know what? She's, she's a soulless, you know, well, there's a nasty word I would use, but we'll just leave that out. That is the most uh, unpassionate, soulless person I have ever seen. She really, to me, makes her father look pitiful when it comes to uh, her ability to lie and to move through the system rather unscathed. I think there is a big hammer coming one day for Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, especially Jared Kushner, 
But don't let Ivanka, her, her very soft voice, fool you. She is a rotten POS, if ever there was one. But all we can do is get out and vote. But that's, that's not exactly true. We can also phone bank. We can also knock on doors. We can also offer to give rides. We can go to states. If we don't live in a purple state, we can go to a purple state. Like if we're here in Knoxville, Tennessee, that we're about an hour from North Carolina. We're about the same distance from Georgia. Both very purple states. Georgia, which has gone Democrat in the last two Senate elections. And in the uh, <clears throat> last presidential election. Considering that, we could spend time there making sure they have the same type of turnout. Because remember, Biden only won Georgia by 11,779 votes. And we know that because Donald Trump called Brad Raffensperger, Secretary of the State of Georgia, and asked for 11,780 votes. Just one more than you need. Just find the votes. Just find them. And I believe Fonnie Willis, uh, she's going to come out of this situation in Georgia where her professionalism is being questioned to slow things down, to try to get her kicked off the case, which isn't going to happen. I don't believe Judge McAfee's going to go for that for a second. And then she's going to come back at Trump with a vengeance. And after Trump loses in 2024, any cases that haven't been adjudicated to that point, which I'm going to bet that the mm, documents case in Florida hasn't happened yet, and there's a good chance that this sprawling RICO indictment in Atlanta hasn't happened either. Well, after 2024's election is over, which it won't be over until actual the actual day, President Biden has his second inauguration. It won't actually change. But I believe she's going to come at him with a vengeance. She's being toyed with. Do you know about the district attorney in Fulton County and what they've done to her? Mm -mm. So Republican operatives have gone at, off after Fonnie Willis for bringing those RICO charges against Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. And so they put her on, on, on the spotlight. They've actually brought her up on uh, trial for ethics in the same case. So the defense attorneys are trying to say that she employed her boyfriend and then you just to have that extra income because every prosecutor you add to a team, you say, so let's say the salary is $90,000 a year. Why are they so desperate? She, she, because they're, they're in a desperate situation. They're, they're saying that they, she took a vacation with an attorney who works on her staff. Yeah. Who she be, started dating after he was employed by her staff. Uh, to work on this classify or this, I'm sorry, the the RICO charge in Fulton County, Georgia, the two of them met, started dating. Oh yeah, I remember this. And now they're saying that you know she uh, took gifts and money out of his paycheck that was technically coming from her as his employer when they were completely transparent with all of this. She even had to bring her 83-year-old father in to explain why a 
black woman might happen to keep a year's worth of money on hand. We're talking about cash in an actual safe versus leaving everything to a bank. It's because her father, who's 82 years old and lived through Jim Crow in the state of Georgia, was denied access to his own money when the bank teller didn't believe he actually had $5,000. So he had to come and testify. This whole thing will be put to bed. But what it's done is it has ginned up the anti-Trump forces, the forces for good in this country, and it's gotten them even angrier when they've got Trump over the legal barrel in the first place. And again, the Supreme Court would have to rule that Trump is 100% immune from all prosecution, period, because he was president of the United States. And I, if I were Joe Biden and I lost this election, will I take advantage of that opportunity to just get rid of him? If that's the case, just get rid of the sad son of a bitch. But you know what? I'm getting a bit exhausted. We're almost 20 episodes in here. Um, and we promised you so much more at the Magnolia Media podcast here at the Magnolia Media Network. And we haven't delivered yet. To be honest, we've been working on our format a little bit, haven't we, Logan? Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out how we're going to do this thing, how we're going to bring you commentary on what's going on in the world, how to break this up into segments. And, you know, eventually we'll have discussions about sports, uh, things that I enjoy. Right now we're in the middle of the NBA season and the association's on fire. I'm pushing for my Boston Celtics, who last glance, I think, only had 12 losses at this point in the season. It's pretty good. We just came out of one of the most entertaining All-Star weekends, with the exception of the All-Star game that I had ever seen uh, when you had Steph Curry and uh, competing with a WNBA player for best three-point shooter in any league. Uh, Steph pulled it out, uh, hitting the, those last three shots that he had to hit to win the thing. Um, you also had <laughs> perhaps the most pissed off uh, league commissioner I have ever seen when he handed the trophy to Team Giannis and said, well, you scored the most points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we go back a little bit. We go back a little like bit. It's like I did. I ninth. did score the most points. Yeah, and uh, well, his team scored the most points. Yeah. And it was his way of saying, you won the game, but it was a piece of shit game. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm the commissioner of this league, and I'm really upset that you guys didn't even try. We have this all-star game, and to be honest, the the you know rookie game was more competitive. Those guys actually tried versus whatever the hell is going on with these pros uh, who've been in the league for years, and it's like a uh, you know they score 200 points per team. Um, it's not quite that bad, but almost, and nobody plays any real defense. Um, and so at the end of the game, uh, you can see Adam Silver's brain working to figure out how to make this this all-star game actually matter so that the players will come out and, and put in a full effort. And at the end of the game, um, he congratulated Team Giannis and, um, and said, well, here's your trophy uh, because you did, in fact, score the most points and, and then exited stage. So I've never <laughs> seen 
uh, league commissioner who's got such a, a vibrant league that has such a wonderful audience because it's a lot of young people. You know, I hear, you know, people saying things about LeBron or other players today who weren't alive when I was alive to see MJ through his prime and, and know that they're comparing apples and oranges. Um, LeBron has more in common with Shaquille O'Neal than he does with Michael Jordan. And he's simply hung around long enough to, you know, break Kareem's scoring record. Of course, it only took one year longer than Kareem to break that scoring record. Uh, Kareem retired after 20 years. This is the 21st season for LeBron James. But I can get into the NBA. We can talk about that another time because that's my jam along with boxing. Today, we're doing music. So it's my turn first. This is John's ultimate playlist. Now, my taste is going to be pretty well reflected in this list. And in no particular order, we'll start like this. Number one, Band of Horses, the song, Great Salt Lake. Number two, The Kings of Lyon, I Want You. Number three, The Avett Brothers. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the Avett Brothers, spelled A-V-E-T-T, Brothers. The song, The Perfect Space. Number four, perhaps one of the most heartbreakingly delicate songs ever written, Damien Rice and his ballad, Delicate. And, in my opinion, the greatest uh, singer-songwriter song to be produced in the last 20 or so years, the original Skinny Love performed by Bon Iver. Logan, go ahead. Say what you've got to say about my list. It reflects your personality <laughs> perfectly. And Skinny Love, that's that's one of my favorite songs, too. The original I, the, is Tear Jerky. Yeah, he... Bon, bon, bon Iver, as I was corrected once, Bon Iver. Um, Justin Vernon's the lead singer, of course, and does most of the music, too, on his own. Um, you know, he's such a true talent, and it never shined through until 2006 2007 when you know skinny love hit the the radio now they've put out he and the band have put out a lot of music since then um you know god 33 is a great album i think people get a lot of uh a lot of enjoyment out of it because there's so much experimentation with the instrumentals especially with the digital instrumentals that it's almost like a singer-songwriter meets house music in a lot of ways. God 33 is pretty good. Blood Bank, um, in particular, is probably my favorite. Um, really? Blood yeah, Bank? Blood Bank, yeah, is the mm -hmm. name of the song. Absolutely fabulous songs. Um, I actually want to listen to it now. I probably will as soon as we're done recording here. Then, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what they've been up to lately, but I will say this, you know, you can tell by this, this music that I've been, I'm a fan of this particular type of music, indie folk, indie rock, um, singer songwriter style music, even though I don't think Kings of Leon, you know, uh, stand up anymore as an indie band. A lot of these don't, but they have indie roots, so they still get the, the title indie uh, attached to them. Um, Damien Rice, 
you know, one of the best. Bon, bon Iver and with Skinny Love, that album, that, that again, one of the best. But the third album by Mumford and Sons. When I listened to it the first time, I realized the first two records. We're talking about studio albums that Mumford and Sons did was incredibly similar. A lot of banjo, a lot of mm -hmm. uh, a lot of uh, guitar, a lot of um, kick drum, and then it seemed to change into this sort of popish techno sounding music um no and it went I, from traditional to tech yeah and i hated it i hated it i hated it i hated it and one night i was driving home from somewhere and a song called monster came on good song though yeah i'll really turn it into song. a monster for you if you pay me enough and uh it made me think about politics actually uh, that particular line you, you know i'll turn it into a monster for you if you pay me enough and so I, I was drawn to that song, and I said, you know, I guess they really couldn't keep recording the same song, which is basically yeah. what they'd done the first couple of years. Although there's a big difference, in my opinion, in uh, Lover of the Light and um, Little Lion Man, other than they have that, you know, old-fashioned sort of Americana slash uh, Britain um, I don't know, ethnic sound, you know, in a lot of ways. It's a niche. It's kind of like a mm -hmm. niche. And, but they created it. And, you know, now you've got bands everywhere, you know, who have sort of, to some extent, emulated that sound. I, I would say the Avett Brothers, but actually they were around first. And, and there's, their music's a little more jubilant. Um, it's a little more um, upbeat. Uh, the uh, the Avett Brothers are, they're not British, Um trying to play Americana. They are Southeastern boys, uh, about my a little older than me, from Wilmington, uh, North Carolina, who, again, they're not um, British kids trying to, they're not our British men, British fellas, trying to play uh, Americana. They're, you know, uh, Southeastern boys playing Americana. So it just comes off... I don't know. It comes off in some way more authentic than Mumford and Sons. Although I'd, I'd have to give Mumford and Sons the edge, uh, just because they they've been you know they've been so popular, man. Well, it's their creativity too. They, they've their been songs. creative, and I mean the Avery Brothers have been creative. But you know, I, I meet people, especially regionally, you know, who've never heard of them. Now, if I we're in Tennessee or North Carolina or Virginia, South Carolina, and you're talking to a group of people, you know music fans and when I say music fans I don't mean people who listen to top 40 and if you listen to top 40 you're not a music fan you just like to be distracted um, <laughs> that, that's what you might as well just play lo-fi yeah you, you, I mean it's just you know it's it's white noise you know and that's that's what it is with a few exceptions we're not I'm not going to stand up here and say you know that Adele who's a top 40 uh, artist isn't Amazing, isn't great. Or, or Ed, uh, yeah, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. I mean, there's there there are some greats in the top forty, but for the most part, you call yourself a serious music fan, and all of your music comes from the top forty. If it's Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, um, Drake, uh, and a few of these other assholes, then you're really not you're really not a music fan, and I mean that in the snobbiest way possible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, I mean that in, in the, 
in the most asshole-ish way I can put it out there. But anyway, that's my list. I'm sticking to it. We'll be back. Uh, what's our next episode? Friday? Friday's um, the next episode? Monday, I think. Uh, what is today? Thursday? Today's Friday. Today's Friday. No, right. today's Thursday. Today's Thursday. So our next episode will be on Monday. Unless there's a bulletin or some reason to uh, bring you an update over the weekend. Between now and then, we hope you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, and we'll start off Monday after we do our little read and we break down the news of the weekend and of the week for you. Logan's going to give his top five playlist, not bands, because if this were bands, we'd have, you know, Pearl Jam, Dave Matthews Band. Oh, God, Pearl Jam. Yeah. Uh, well, Pearl Jam is my favorite. My, there's, there's no question they're my favorite. I just couldn't put them on this particular playlist. Because, in my opinion, it doesn't fit. They don't have songs that fit in here, even though yeah. they, they kind of have. And a it's song. a band. Yeah, and it, it's more about that. Was more about the band than it was, mm-hmm. even though most of mine are our bands, with the exception of Damian Rice. Um, it's a which is amazing, amazing to watch him play five instruments at once. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. It is. Yeah, uh, definitely watch the YouTube video of him uh, performing "Blower's Daughter." It's it's really something to watch one guy, uh, again, perform all of those different instruments and do the vocals as well. But uh, that's that's going to do it for me uh, before signing out. I would like to thank Logan Ramsey for directing and editing today's episode. I produced today's episode, and we'd like to thank Courtney Halstead, who wasn't on today's episode, but did provide technical support. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider going to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Magnolia Media Network. And with that being said, that's all from us here at the Magnolia Media Pod. Until next time, Be well.